Hey, Tim. Hey, John. Hi. Hi. It is the end of the year, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. staring at us right now across the table, ever so gently. <laughs> <laughs> A gentle gaze. <laughs> A gentle gaze is Steve Atkinson, our CEO. Hi, Steve. Yeah. Guys, good to be here. Yeah. Here we are. Another year 2024. 2023. <laughs> yeah. Tim's yeah, living in the future. Yeah. Future. Did you, did you think it was 2024 for a second? I said 2024, but in my mind, what I meant was 2023. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. you know what? It can be any year you want it to be. Yeah. But it's about to end. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. And as always, we want to take a moment on the podcast to reflect over the year, what has happened, what we got to make as an organization, and also the things we've experienced mm-hmm. and that we've learned about our mission, what we see God up to in the world, and how we're getting to be a part of it. Yeah, we get to take stock a little bit mm-hmm. together. Yeah. yeah, it's like getting ready for some kind of New Year's resolution or something like that. Do you guys do New Year's meaningful for either of you that way? A little bit, Yeah. yeah. For the turning fresh, of a page. Yeah. Fresh start Just on something. Start something new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know what you might start new, Steve? Well, I don't want to be a punchline stealer, but it's something we're doing collectively as a group. Oh. Uh, okay. Well, let's do That's it. an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> that's mine too. Yeah. Well, it takes some discipline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotta, yeah. Okay. So well, we'll talk a, about that. Yeah. We uh, will. Yeah. We'll just leave that one hanging. We'll talk about it at the end. Yeah. Well, Kay. that'll keep them listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stay listening. Okay. So- but let's get into it. So, mm-hmm. I mean, what did we do this year? Let's kind of think about the mm-hmm. year. One way to think about this year was we talked through four mm-hmm. big ideas in the Bible this yeah. year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we call them theme videos generally. But we talked through them on the podcast, and then we make this culminating video that tries to distill all of those. Tim, do you remember what the four four themes? You know... I wouldn't. You wouldn't have. Unless a few minutes ago, you would have put a list in front of me. Okay. So now I do. Yeah. <laughs> so on the podcast, we talked through the biblical themes of the firstborn, mm-hmm. uh, the anointed, the city, and then the chaos dragon. So the firstborn series, the thing that really stuck out for me the most, and Steve, we talked about this, mm-hmm. was the story of Cain and Abel. And... You showed me how Cain's kind of jealousy towards Abel was really this belief that there wasn't enough Mm. favor. Mm. Like he saw God's favor for Abel and it was like, wait, I'm the firstborn. I'm supposed to get God's favor. So he's kind of like wants God's favor on his own terms. He's not getting it. And so he decides to take blessing on his own terms Mm. in a way. Mm -hmm. His Mm -hmm. anger is about why can't I get the favor I feel like I deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... And God's response to him was that like, my gifts are for you too, even if it doesn't feel like it in this moment, right? Yeah, what does he say literally? You too will be lifted up? Yeah. If you do good, won't there be exaltation? Mm. Lifting up? I want to show you favor too. Yeah. But if you don't do good, then sin is a croucher at the door. It's meditation literature style. It's very implicit, but... You know, we're meant to, we're invited to see underneath that anger is a fear that he's been left out of God's favor. And who doesn't know that feeling Mm -hmm. of seeing people around you get the good life and you starting to wonder if it's ever going to come your way and maybe God's trying to teach me a lesson or, Mm. you know. I think for me, it was, you know, when we were talking about the idea that it really ultimately came down to trust God. And the generosity of God. And mm-hmm. then as you started even moving that mm. in the story and saying this theme all the way back to the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do we trust in the generosity of God or do we take things into our own hands? Yeah. That is a powerful idea. I think, John, even in the podcast, you said, wait, so all of this, everything we're mm. living in right now is a result of us not trusting the generosity of God. And taking it into our own hands, it's like, wow, that is a powerful idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the firstborn theme is about, there's an expectation for how I think things ought to work hmm. and how, um, who gets what, when. Yeah. Yep. So how, how generosity is dispersed. Mm-hmm. And so I 
have my expectations for that. And our cultural norms have expectations. And there's this theme that God's just kind of like, you know what? You're going to have to trust me that I'm good. I'm going to disperse it as I will. And most often, it's in ways you don't expect. Yeah. God consistently likes to shake things up. Yeah. Yeah. Shake up our expectations in a way that can feel frustrating. But that it seems like in the long game in the life of so many of these biblical characters, it ends up being the thing that forms and shapes their character the most into a posture of trust. Yeah. That was a really amazing theme to explore. I learned a lot in my reflections on that theme as we walked worked through it together. And the video is super cool. Yeah. Some cool graphics we work with, yeah. uh, the studio Ordinary Folk. Yes. With yeah. that one. Yeah, they did an outstanding job. Mm. All right. Then we did the theme video on The Anointed was next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the liquid life of heaven. Yeah. Coming down. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Really some powerful imagery in that. Mm-hmm. I've told you guys before, but I've made it a practice of reading the 23rd Psalm every morning to start mm-hmm. my day. And the, the line that jumped out that mm. I had never really mm. seen before was, he anoints my head with oil. Yes. So here he is, the mm. anointed. Yeah. And I'm being anointed huh. by the anointed. It's just, <laughs> just such a powerful image. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. And a beautiful video. Mm. Mm. So that's actually also, if you're paying attention at home, usually our videos are like a dialogue. Oh, that's right. Yes. So we take the vibe of like us talking through it in the podcast and we try to capture that mm-hmm. same vibe in like how the video works. It's a discourse. Mm-hmm. And with that video, we actually ended up rewriting it mm-hmm. with one voice, kind of more poetically walking you through the idea. And it wasn't our voice. It was... Yeah, our friend Michelle. Michelle Jones. Yeah. You called it, at least internally as we worked on it, it felt more like a meditation. Somebody taking you slowly, meditatively through an idea, unpacked through the story of the Bible. Yeah, it has a great vibe to it. I love it. Yeah, I love that one. Then we did The City. Mm -hmm. That was really fun. Yeah. For me. Yeah, it was fun. We took our time. With that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The city of Cain started with the city of Cain, how it's like and unlike the Garden of Eden. Yeah. What it represents. Somehow, and then it became both a study on the development of technology in the Bible, because the city is like a human fabricated thing. Mm-hmm. But then the surprise of the city was how God incorporates it. He doesn't scrap this human project born out of violence and fear. He incorporates it into the new creation, the Garden City. Yeah, New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. I think for me, what stuck out was what we ended up condensing into what we called the mindset of the city or the logic of Cain, which was that the city in the Bible represents a human-created community whose basic premise is the fear of death and doing what it takes to protect us and ours, even if it means, you know, breaking a few eggs, crushing a few skulls. And it, we ended up back at the generosity theme of trusting, trusting <laughs> in God's generosity. Imagine that. Yeah. Just like it all roads lead back. Yeah. yeah. I'm a city guy. I mean, not that I dislike the country, but mm. there's something about, I just feel most at home in, in a city. And uh, some of the cities that we live in, mm. I've been challenging, and it's just, it's beautiful to think that this is going to be redeemed and that that's where it's going to happen. It's so encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. finally the chaos dragon mm-hmm. uh, which actually turned into a nearly like half year podcast series <laughs> yeah, totally. do you know why can we tell the audience why please i'd love to know <laughs> you, you would love to know steve's in the audience uh steve has a question in the audience why was the chaos dragon so long okay so here's the deal we were told that podcasts should not be an hour long let's yeah. make them 45 minutes right no, 40. 40 40 like they were like shoot for 40 
45 minutes. So Tim, you were like, well, that means we have to go through less. So that means we're going to do more episodes. And we thought, well, that's fine. Maybe we'll release two episodes a week or something, but we'll keep them short. Mm-hmm. Well, we just can't keep anything short. Yeah. Like we There's would just- too much to explore. We would just always go an hour or more. <laughs> so then we ended up with yeah. basically this mega series. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was good. I mean, there's what I so appreciate about the podcast is I was lost. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of feeling like, man, should I keep going or should mm-hmm. I just wait? Mm-hmm. And John, the fact that you're like, okay, I'm not sure this is making sense. And I'm like, there's something so reassuring. Yeah. If the co host is saying, I'm not yeah. getting it. But once I feel like once the light went on mm. for you, it's like there, we were all kind of at this place and mm-hmm. you began to see it. And then what it culminated in. Hmm. Yeah, so the video, oh my which goodness. actually in real time just released today. Today, yeah. Yeah, and so Steve, t- yeah, tell me your impressions. I, we mm-hmm. haven't talked about it. Yeah. I was amazed. It was beautiful, just the artistry. And, and I think, too, what's, what's interesting, I don't know how detailed you want to get, but, I mean, it was like four minutes long. Yeah, yeah. three and a half. Short. Three and a half. Yeah. I was talking with Patrick, the director. Mm-hmm. And he said the script that he, you guys had originally delivered was more like six, six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And we were just talking about the time that they took mm-hmm. to say, okay, what really needs to be said? Yeah. And it just reminded me of the Mark Twain line, I would have written you a shorter letter, but I didn't have time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, by just really thinking on that and pulling out stuff that wasn't relevant, it just, mm-hmm. I, I, you know. I'm guilty of saying every video that comes out is my new favorite video, but I think this might actually be <laughs> Whoa, my new wow. favorite. Wow. There was something so powerful. And and I love the part where you see the dragon slayer mm-hmm. there and the temptation. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, it was very good. Mm. It was episode 11. Mm. So the 11th hour of conversation was where John, like, the red the light up. Yeah, and you were just like, I'm, I'm not getting it. And then it was one of the many moments, so many moments over the years where I realized I th- things were clear in my mind, and then the moment you start asking questions, 11 hours later, I was realizing, like, I don't even know what's clear in my mind anymore. And so that, felt, that made that series unique. I think probably of any series we've done, I just had this intuition, there's something here, Here's how I understand it currently. And we truly discovered together, I think, how these symbols work. Hmm. And that was really rewarding. We discovered how to talk about how it works. Yes, how (laughs) we were going to talk. But I think we We didn't discover how it works. We discovered how to think about it. For me, it was a genuine insight into how the symbols work in the biblical story. Like I, I think like I could get like a doctorate thesis for this work. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I think we all can. If you faithfully listen to all the episodes. All, yeah. 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 Keep an eye yeah. in the mail. That certificate yeah. will be coming. No, it was, to me, it was a wonderful experience to going all the way back to the first part of this project where somehow talking with you for hours over question after question forces a clarity that I didn't even know that I needed hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. And... I just, I learned so much when we go through these theme studies. So I was, I really enjoyed it. And the video really is a less is more approach. Yeah. I've worried this whole time about what I've just been calling dragon fatigue. (laughs) And so when people come to me and they're like, I'm following along, I'm like, how's it going? Mm -hmm. Like, did you hang? Yeah. We have some wonderful volunteers that come by into the office every week to handwrite letters to our patrons Mm -hmm. and... Some of them are just, you know, older, just really wonderful mm. people who I would never imagine, like, mm. geeking out about dragons. About monster theory in the, <laughs> in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could picture, like, yeah. the college student who, like, <laughs> listens to yeah. Blurry Creatures podcast, like, <laughs> getting really excited. But just this, like, mm. you know, meet mm-hmm. grandma come in, like, I'm listening to the dragons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how's it going? Yeah. You hanging? It's wonderful. Yeah. Okay. But it was a shorter video. And so we're, there's this thing we're thinking about, which is maybe less is more with video content. So we're going to try to keep making videos a little shorter, mm. but that does mean we leave a lot out. And so I think we could plug really quick our new guide pages, mm-hmm. because if you've been following along with the project, you might be aware that we have study notes that accompany videos, but they're like locked in a PDF. So you got to like download a PDF and you can like print it out or like use it on your computer. 
which is like such a like 1998 way of like doing business. <laughs> easy, easy. <laughs> yeah. My generation loves the PDF. Yeah, Steve's from the 1900s. <laughs> Me too. I download PDFs all the time. All the time. All yeah. the time. <laughs> what does that stand for? Oh, just, I don't know. Personal document file. What does PDF stand for? Portable. Portable. Document. Format. 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 I got oh. one, one out of three there. Yeah. All right. Okay. But now you don't have to download a PDF. Mm. Actually, we have these things called guide pages. Mm. And so a guide page is a topic. We have one for every book of the Bible, but now we're going to have them for like the theme video. So there's a guide page called Dragons in the Bible, and it's on our website. And basically, if you watch the video and you're like, that leaves a lot of questions. Well, we, we go deep in how the Bible uses dragon imagery and it links to the podcast, it links to the video, it links to scripture. It's really cool what these guide pages do. So check out the guide pages this year. That's one of the things we did this year. Mm-hmm. And they're really, really great. I feel like I took the wind out of this conversation with guide pages. <laughs> you guys really... <laughs> Yeah. You guys were really feeling it. I started to think about PDFs. <laughs> I got kind of tired. I think the interesting thing about the guide pages is that our web team and our marketing team was driving the creation of these because we wanted to respond to what people are searching for when they go and they search on the internet. Yes. And that's what was driving it. So can we answer the questions people are asking? Yeah. And also, it's not 1998. <laughs> That's the podcast series and the videos we made. Yeah. And, you know, one cool thing just to keep in mind is just a growing a growing audience. Mm. Um, mm. So mm. we have our YouTube channel in English, which is about to be 4 million subscribers. Mm. Mm. And then we have a number of localized YouTube channels in other languages. I don't know how many. But all together, if you add them all up, I think it's near 6 million subscribers mm. worldwide mm. for people who are waiting for Bible content. Yeah. Like, and not like um, entertainment. I mean, it is entertainment, but like, (laughs) it's like, I want to figure out how to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. I'm here to like, learn to meditate on the Bible. Mm -hmm. It's cool. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It is very amazing. So encouraging. I mean, that was one of the things that somebody shared with me earlier in the year. When you look at a lot of these numbers, you know, the 5 million subscribers or the number of videos that are viewed every day. And, you know, when you hear those numbers, this person said, it really screams about, and I was thinking she was going to say the quality of the videos, but she said, it really screams about people's hunger to understand the Bible. Mm. I'm like, that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. All that has happened to the Bible Project, the reason that we've seen the growth that we've seen is because people are hungry. Mm -hmm. They really want to understand the Bible. Mm -hmm. So much so that they'll even listen to two people just talk about the Bible for hours <laughs> and hours, even about one topic like dragon. And so that's another thing to celebrate is how many people are following along the podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're listening along, mm-hmm. you're one of, um, we don't know exactly how many. Mm-hmm. We know there's 2 million kind of downloads and streams mm-hmm. of the podcast every month. And so a lot of people are working through the back catalog. Some people are doing a podcast a week. Some people are doing more. So we don't know, but 2 million downloads. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So yeah. encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. You know, one funny thing through the history of the project is I used to speak regularly to groups of people when I was a pastor. They were mm-hmm. called sermons. And uh, <laughs> so I don't do mm. that much anymore. And what I, I really mostly enjoy being in the classroom or being here with you. And now when I think about getting in front of a group of people to give a talk, I get really nervous now because mm. I'm mm. so out of practice. And what gives me relief is to think about being in a, a room with a small number of people having a conversation. Because mm. that really, there's just something about a conversation where you're coming prepared 
to talk about things, but you just never fully know where it's going to go. And anyway, it's been life-giving to me. And then I love to think about how that's created a learning environment for so many different kinds of people, you know, over these years. So, and, you know, we get to hear from so many of you, hundreds and hundreds of you sent in questions Mm. for the Q&R episodes this year, more than ever. And it's so fun just to be in touch with the questions you're asking, because they're the same questions that we're thinking about and asking too. So we are just really excited about you all listening and as our audience and we're just so glad you're on the journey with us. Yeah. Another thing that uh, we launched a couple years ago, but continuing to invest a lot in is the Bible Project app. Yes. Which yeah. has a lot of things going on inside of it now. Yeah, it just continues to get better and better. I think we are at 180,000 mm, people. Monthly, monthly users, yeah. Are using it. Yeah, mm-hmm. with close to a couple million total downloads mm. and... Uh, but there's some things the team's working on this year that I'm really excited about that mm-hmm. I think will continue to help people to learn how to read the Bible as they're reading the Bible. Yeah, we'll talk about one of those things at the end. But one thing we talk about now is that we put Classroom mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. app. Mm-hmm. So Classroom has been just something you could do on your computer. Mm-hmm. It was kind of built with the computer in mind because when you think about taking a class, I'm sitting down to take a class yeah. and I got my notes. Cup of and, tea. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm locking in and, and we're going to do it. Yeah. Right. You kind of think of a desktop of experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you got more screen real estate. I could put up the screen of Tim's notes and then Tim teaching and I could even have my place to put in notes mm-hmm. and you got the whole thing. And so that's how, what we designed it for, and, and it was great. And it is great. And we have lots of classes, and you can do it on your desktop. But it also means you have to sit down and mm. carve out time to do it, mm-hmm. which is kind of like a – it's psychologically hard, Yeah, I it, think. It requires, yeah, cutting off a section of time yeah. and dedicating it for that. And then what we noticed – and I don't know. I guess our data people can – Notice uh, <laughs> that most people were going oh, yes. to the web classes, but on a on phone, phone or tablet device. device. Yeah. 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 And, and just making it work. And just making it work. Yeah. And then they started to say, like, I think more people want to do it this way. So our design team for Classroom reinvented the whole design, the software behind it to all be for mobile. Yeah, actually, and if our listeners don't know that, we built the software mm-hmm. that runs Classroom mm-hmm. in the in the industry. We built it twice. We built it twice. <laughs> hey, if it's good, yeah. <laughs> it's good enough to build once. <laughs> it's good enough to build twice. Well, I, I just, it does say something about the mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. on the team and the way that those guys designed that is mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. I'm a Classroom user, but in the audio only yeah. format because yeah. I listen to it when I walk in the morning. You can listen to it like a podcast now. Yeah, but yeah. what's nice too is you might mention something. Mm-hmm. And I think it was when you were talking about the photo mosaics mm-hmm. and how mm. the Bible being like a photo mosaic, it was such a beautiful, and I'm like, mm. what is he talking about? I pulled out my phone, mm. there's the image. Oh yeah, it was right I there. love it. You're giving yeah. us a little commercial right now. Yeah, <laughs> I am. That's, that's exactly right. And so, yeah, so now that it's in the app in on a phone, you can find more time and space mm-hmm. on a walk, doing the dishes, on a run, gardening, driving your car. Like you can just grab that space now to actually go through seminary level classes. Mm-hmm. And it's working really, really well. Mm-hmm. So people are doing it. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. There were two patron comments in particular about Classroom that came in in the span of about two weeks. One from Tracy Caldwell Dyson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's an astronaut. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> PhD in chemistry, spent time on the International Space Station, and is going back out yeah. in 2024. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about what Classroom has meant to her. A couple weeks later, receive an email from Aaron, a truck driver, mm. who talked about how she listens to it while she's driving. And then at night or her days off, she goes back through the classroom mm. session and mm. takes notes. Mm. And it was like, I love that. Mm-hmm. The fact that those two extremes... Mm-hmm. Heaven and earth, right there. (laughs) That's right, yes. In the sky and on the land. Yeah. Yeah, so fun. Yeah, it really, it's amazing. I think we just had a hunch, and I had a hunch all the years that I taught, you know, as an adjunct professor at a couple different seminaries, just 
the amount of people who can set aside the money and the time to sit in graduate school classes, it's really a, such a small number of people, but the number of people who would love to learn at this depth, I just knew like more people would be into it. Hmm. And so it's really fun to be able to invite people from so many different walks of life into yeah. a really next level engagement with scripture. And it's it's really, really fun to hear people's stories. Yeah, it is really cool. We released a lot of content this mm-hmm. year. Yeah. In the app, classes you could take in the app. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so a class on the seven-day creation narrative called Heaven and Earth. Mm. Then a class from Noah to Abraham, uh, introduction to the Hebrew Bible, Jonah, Ephesians, and the overview of the book of Exodus. Those are all available. Yep. That's hmm. over 100 hours of Bible lecture yeah. and discussion. And discussion with the students. Yeah, yeah. and students' awesome. discussion. Yeah. Yeah. We call it seminary level. Hmm. Unofficially. Should I give, should, can I share my unofficial <laughs> I want to hear it, yeah. You want to hear it? What are we calling it? Well, my, share, would... my unofficial slogan, which we're never going to use, and so let's not tell anyone about it. <laughs> Except... <laughs> Just you, Tim, and 750,000 people that are downloading this. Uh, more Bible than seminary. <laughs> that's your tagline. That's line. the tagline. Mm. Because, and we're not going to use it, because that's, you know, that's not humble. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what our values is humility. But when you go to seminary, mm. you get to take Bible, yeah. but you take a lot of other stuff. Yeah. yeah, a seminary curriculum is balancing lots of different goals, Right. Bible being one of them. All to say... We're going to have five classes, five like hmm. 30 like session classes yeah. that go through Genesis. No, not six. 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 Mm. Yeah. Genesis one. <laughs> not Garden seven? of Eden story. There's not seven. Yeah. Are you <laughs> kidding me? What an oversight. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh-oh. Even Back I to the drawing that. board. Yeah. 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 And they're yeah. not all out yet. Now, we don't have anything in like Leviticus yet, but. Oh, but we will. But we will. Oh, we yeah. will. So lots of Bible. <laughs> lots of Bible. Lots and lots of Bible. Yeah. It's just Bible. Yeah. You're just reading through the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. Well, yeah. what's amazing is I think the last number I heard was 800,000 completed sessions, mm. which mm. is equivalent to 400,000 mm. hours, lecture hours. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's been cool. consumed. Yeah, very yeah. exciting. Yeah, uh, 35,000 active students every month. Which is like, that's a lot. A lot of people. Yeah. So I, it speaks to something you said earlier, Steve. Something we have been experiencing for a while, but somehow in the last year we've gained some clarity in talking about it. We are very aware that the Spirit of God is up to something mm. among His people and in the world that is connected to with a renewal and a rediscovery of Scripture as something beautiful and living that connect people to Jesus in a way that opens up people's imaginations and open up their lives and their hearts and minds. And that's something that God is doing. And we sense that we are just one small part of that bigger movement. But there are so many other organizations that have been the wind in our sails Mm -hmm. over the years. One of the main ones is the YouVersion Bible app. Mm -hmm. Amazing people mm-hmm. and such the same heart to make the Bible accessible for free to people, but also so many new organizations and then just people in their churches. Many of it is you all listen to the podcast. Like we hear from so many of you, you're forming Bible reading communities and meditation yeah. communities in your churches and your friend circles. And like that's where the action is because once you light that curiosity – and you see how the Bible works on its own terms. It's just so awesome yeah. and it's so fun. So there's a bigger movement that God is up to. And we are so honored to get to make these resources and just be one contribution to that. And it's been really fun to watch it happen. So you bring it up. I mean, let's, let's sit on that for a second mm. because that's a really important thing that we're starting mm. to discover is – we want to continue to do our thing and offer these videos and classes and stuff. And we love to see the growth of it, but it's easy to kind of mistake the growth of that to be like, we need to be the thing. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. we're the thing. And there's this growing recognition that we're not the thing. God's doing something and we get to be a part of it. 
And the way you just described it there is like communities of people reading the Bible. Yeah, that's it. That's the thing. That's the action mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Yeah. And there was some clarity with, for me at the end of the year talking about this with a friend of ours, TC, where it made me realize like, oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what like, we've been doing for We're all just along. a community yeah, that's reading right. the Bible together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a project. We call it a project. And it was just you and me and some artists. Mm-hmm. And it's like, let's read the Bible and let's make some of this content. And now we get to see more and more communities growing. And what any good, like the kingdom of God is not this like centralized, Mm. like group that like Mm. tells you what to do. It's like, it's communities just going after it. Mm -hmm. And so we're really excited to see how we can continue just to empower that and be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, just even in our name, Bible Project. Yeah. It's not Bible movement. There's a movement that <laughs> yeah. started a long, long time ago. Yeah. And we're just a project yeah. in that mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. So, yeah, we don't want to mistake hmm. the amount of enthusiasm for, like, hmm. we're the thing. Hmm. I, it is cool to be able to be kind of an early mover and taking, hmm. like, this taking this um, way of reading the Bible, hmm. making it in the media, making it really popular. Hmm. Accessible. Um, and accessible. Yeah. But we're just we're doing it in our voice and our tone from our point of view and our place in the world. Mm-hmm. And even though it's kind of been a, a big splash, mm. it's not it's not the thing. No, no. And there we fully expect and pray for all the projects that are to come, you know, that are yet to be born and that are like being born right now. You know, we can tell the stories, but that would take a whole other episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, too, there, it's interesting when you look at just so... In 2024, we will have been around mm. 10 years. 10 years, yeah, yeah. And I look at the people that have joined our staff over the last several years are people that God has used this in their lives, and they're joining the project mm. to be a part of a bigger mm. movement, to be mm-hmm. part of something mm. that's going on. It's just exciting mm. to see for me yeah. when you see it, how the impact it's having. So let's talk about next year. Mm, 2024. The real 24. Yeah, yeah. Not, well, the, the, not the one that I thought was 23. <laughs> yeah, well, the real 24, please stand up. But yeah. So yeah, 23, we did a lot, a lot to celebrate, but we actually were also working really hard yes. getting ready for 24, Yeah. which is a project that's been coming for a while, like mm-hmm. working on for like three years. Yes. Yeah. And that is mm. uh, the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. Yes. Why... Did you want to do the Sermon on the Mount? Well, yeah, I think I proposed it to you about three years ago that we should do a whole bunch of resources on this because the doc- the first document that I started working on, we looked it up. Yes. It was dated to October, October 2020. of 2020. So, I mean, one is a subjective reason, just personally. For me, the Sermon on the Mount has been one of the most important parts of the Bible and of Jesus' teachings from when I first started following Jesus. It just had a huge impact on me, just reading it. And it was the first large section of the Bible that I was ever inspired to memorize when I was in my early 20s. And so I think just it's always been a big part of my life. And then as uh, I went into teaching ministry and pastoral ministry, I just found like it just kept being the center of gravity. And so I had the opportunity to study and teach through it multiple times. And it's sort of like if you want to get the heartbeat of Jesus, of what does it really look like when the kingdom of heaven touches earth in a communal life, in the lives of a group of people who live out the value set of Jesus, like where would you point them in the Bible to like the most condensed place to go? And Matthew's done it for us. He's pulled together like the greatest hits of what Jesus would say when you would go into one of these towns in Galilee and like, what's the essence of what it means to enter the kingdom? It's the charter for the, the Jesus movement. It's laying out a core vision of reality and of what is the kind of 
behavior, relationships, and values that make sense if God is reigning over earth as he does in heaven. Hmm. Like, yeah. how should you treat people? And what is truth and goodness if heaven was ruling earth right now? And that's what it is. It's a vision of everything. It's a theory of everything. Whatever you want to use to describe it, it's the heartbeat of what Jesus mm. was trying to do in launching these communities of his followers and then living out that vision of reality all the way to the cross and then out the other side into the empty tomb and Pentecost and beyond. But what we're talking about is three chapters in Matthew. It's three chapters. Yep, about 130 verses of uh, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a little universe of wisdom, meditation unto itself about what is the good life, what are right relationships, what is the true and the beautiful, what is love, who is my neighbor, who is my enemy. Hmm. There you go. Sermon on the Mount. So we are dedicating a year's worth of our energy to make a whole bunch of resources so that we can guide people with how to slowly read and reread the Sermon on the Mount and really meditate on every, every aspect of the gem. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's a new move for us. To The new move is to spend so much time in one part of the Bible. One part of the Bible. Yeah. When you say spend a lot of time, mm. do you want to share what that means? Yeah. So all, basically all year. Yeah. We'll see if this was a good move. I mean, all year in three chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We have a 10-part video series that's yes. beautiful that's going to be releasing every month and a half or so. Every five weeks. Every five weeks. Yeah, yeah. which is an awkward cadence. <laughs> <laughs> um, we also are going to have another iteration of visual commentary videos come out that'll be on like most of the different parts of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah, over half of the sermon mm-hmm. yep. will have an accompanying yep. what okay. we call visual commentary. Yep. Dive into word studies and literary design and cool things like that. Yeah. And then we're going to just experiment with short form kind of insightful content Mm -hmm. that'll help you understand a specific passage that you're in. Mm -hmm. So most of the videos we make are like, here's a theme that covers the whole Bible, Mm -hmm. or here's an overview of an entire scroll. What would be a good kind of experience to have a piece of media that's short, that just helps you like understand the passage that you're in? Or one word in a passage. Or one word in a passage. One idea in a a teaching of Jesus. And so we're kind of like, we thought about calling them visual footnotes, Mm -hmm. because it's kind of what you... (laughs) <laughs> no, it's, I'm glad we thought about that. <laughs> oh, it's still on the table, Steve. Uh, well, you got, was, a, you, it was, you got your veto stamp out? <laughs> it, was, it was on the table. Okay. But that's the idea, mm-hmm. is like to help study notes, like mm-hmm. in your Bible kind yeah. of thing, but if those yeah. are videos. Uh, so we'll have more of those, and we're going to space it out, pace it out, mm-hmm. so that these will come out as we're, if we're reading through the Sermon on the Mount slowly throughout the year. Now, John, that just sounds like a whole bunch of videos stacking up in my YouTube feed, <laughs> you know, that once they build up, it just feels overwhelming. So can you help me think about <laughs> how to streamline all that, bring yeah. it together? Yeah. Well, you can just wait till it's 2025 <laughs> and then just go through it all in a week. But if you want to like slowly read through the Sermon on the Mount with us and meditate on it mm-hmm. and just squeeze out as much as we can. Mm-hmm. What we're going to do is actually we're going to put out, we're calling a weekly playlist, mm-hmm. which is what are the videos, what are the podcast episodes or parts of the podcast episode, what are, some, what are articles, what's all the content that's going to help you read through the part of the Sermon on the Mount we're on. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be in the app. It's going to be like something you can look at, go through modularly, check them off if you want to. Mm-hmm. And every week we'll refresh a new set of mm-hmm. things to do. So it'll be kind of a five-week cadence going through a part of the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. So we'll spend five weeks in, say, Mm -hmm. um, what we call the introduction, which is the Beatitudes Mm -hmm. and then Jesus calling his followers salt and light. And so it'll be like five weeks of just like turning that over and over and over because there's a universe in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can find all the content in the app in the weekly playlist. And if you don't use the app, Mm -hmm. you can just sign up to get an email and you can do that on our website Mm -hmm. where we'll just email you all the stuff that we're going through that week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so this is um, a number of our team members came up with this idea. Uh, It's really cool because I I assemble music playlists Mm. when I'm studying. Yeah. 
you know, around a theme or a genre or something. So this is the idea of what if you could put together a video, a 10 minutes of a podcast conversation, yeah. a short essay article, and somebody reading those oh, yes. few verses of mm. the Sermon on the Mount aloud. Yes. And it's about 30 minutes of an experience. Which you don't have to do all at once. You yeah. could You could pace Space it out. out. You could do it all at once. Week. But what if there were 40-ish of those things throughout the bundled year. together, organized to walk me through a part of the Bible? Yeah. That would be cool. It's it's kind of, it's curriculum, yeah. essentially. Yeah. So that's, it's a new muscle we're flexing, we're building and flexing this year because we have discovered over the years that when we feel like as an organization, we're like right onto our mission is to create resources that help people actually read the Bible themselves and with other people and experience Jesus. Yeah through reading scripture. And so we want to really zero in on helping people do that in a way that's new for us. Yeah. So in the weekly playlist, it'll always end with listening to Mm -hmm. that part of the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. So that is my New Year's resolution. Oh, okay. I have every year kind of decided something different to read in Mm -hmm. the morning, Mm -hmm. but I haven't necessarily been good about doing it in community. Mm -hmm. And so this to me seems like it'll be an easier Mm -hmm. way for a lot of us to be on the same page Yeah, and reading this together and going through it. So I'm excited about it. Mm -hmm. And just the Mm -hmm. fact that the podcast, everything is just going to weave together. Yeah. Yes. And the podcast will all year, we'll be walking through the Sermon on the Mount Mm -hmm. and we're doing some new things on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Which will be really exciting. Yeah. The very next episode you will hear (laughs) on Jan 1. Yeah. Is something we've never done before. Mm-hmm. We got new people at the table helping us read the Bible, yeah. read the Sermon on the Mount as mm-hmm. a community. Mm-hmm. It's really exciting. Yeah. So that's coming January 1. So if you're going to follow along, so Steve, since this is your New Year's resolution, just to give you a heads up. The first five weeks, it's like an overview of how the sermon works, mm-hmm. which is like, it's brilliant. Like there's so much structure. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. So we're just going to spend time just looking at the whole structure of it. And so those first five weeks, we're going to read, because it's kind of the greatest hits, we're going to read some of the greatest hits of the greatest hits for the first five weeks Mm -hmm. while we're just focused on the overall structure. Mm -hmm. And then we'll jump in Mm -hmm. to the Mm -hmm. Beatitudes in February. We produced, I and then the the research team that we have here, the other scholars that I work with, produced... A translation. um, Our first Bible project translation that we're going to release of Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Mm -hmm. And that'll be one of multiple translations available to read and meditate through the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, John, on this weekly playlist, Mm -hmm. what kind of time commitment is that for folks? Hmm. Yeah, I think what... I think Tim's right. If you did it all from start to finish, probably around 30 minutes of content. Mm-hmm. But the idea is just chip at it mm-hmm. during the week. Yeah, nice. And so give five or 10 minutes a day. And it would be great if you always kind of, most passages are short, so you can kind of like read it and then do the next lesson um, and then listen to it again and then do the next lesson. And it's kind of built towards like, hey, just keep listening, listen again. But you could just do it all in like 30 minutes or you could mm-hmm. space it out. Yeah. So yeah, 2024, mm-hmm. Sermon on the Mount. Mm-hmm. We're going to learn a ton yeah. because we want to figure this out. How do we read the Bible together, see it that it leads to Jesus, mm-hmm. read it as communal mm-hmm. meditation literature that gives us wisdom, yeah. and do it while loving our ancient neighbor, <laughs> right? Yeah, and trying to understand Jesus in his own time and place so that the Spirit of God through His words can speak to us in our time and place. Yeah. Yep. That's what we're trying to do. Yep. Let's like learn to do it while we're doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the Sermon on the Mount in 2024. And we're really excited to do it. So maybe it should be your New Year's resolution as well. I mean, maybe. Join me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Join Steve. John and I are going to yeah. do this. Yeah. 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 So it's going to be great. I'm so thankful for this year. I'm so thankful for mm-hmm. this team that we get to work with. Mm. Steve, I'm thankful for you. Thank you, John. Mm-hmm. For another year. Me too, Steve. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm grateful. Thank you. I was just reflecting on what you said. And as you talked about kind of why we're doing this in our hope mm-hmm. and what can happen. And uh, on November 7th, I re- received a patron comment mm. from a guy named Mark. And Mark said, the Bible Project has been one of the most transformative resources I have experienced. The videos offer a beautiful overview Bible themes, the podcasts allow me to do a deep dive into different biblical design elements. 
More importantly, I am more in love with Jesus and meditate more on his word because of Bible Project. Hmm. Thank you and keep going. Hmm. And it's so encouraging Mm -hmm. because as you said earlier, it's not us. The spirit of God is at work. But what I wanted to, the reason I wanted to read that is just to encourage all of the folks that are listening that are in this with us. Here's some of the fruit. Here's what's happening, that there's more marks. And while we still want to learn to get better and we want to work with these playlists and work with our app and different things that we're trying to help accomplish that, every day I feel like I'm getting glimpses of this vision and mission that we have is, is, is happening. And so encouraged by this, but also encouraged by all of our patrons yeah. and the people that are in this with us. And so thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being in this with us. And, you know, we could say we wouldn't do it without you. We couldn't do it without you. <laughs> yeah. So thank you yeah. for doing, being in it and for <laughs> yeah. giving and yeah, yeah. It, it is it, The business model is people generously give us money so we can make stuff and then it gets to be free because it's already been paid for. Yeah. yeah. And it's so cool that there's thousands of people doing that with us. So, yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, we are honored to get to do this work. We love hearing from you. And uh, Lord willing, you know, another another year of learning, discovering, like uh, Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis, right? And then the last pages of The Last yeah. Battle, just further up and further in. There's Absolutely. M- there is infinitely more to learn and explore. So let's spend a year discovering just a, a little corner of that infinitely more in not the whole Bible, just three pages of your Bible. Wow. <laughs> and I'm telling you guys, it's, it's amazing. It's going to be a great year. I get so excited when I think of just a large community of people going through this teaching together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's like you talk about this idea of bringing shalom to the mm-hmm. communities. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't get more practical than the stuff Jesus is talking about. All right, that's it for this year. Before we end the year, we want to give you a sneak peek of the new podcast series coming out where we walk through the Sermon on the Mount. So hold on to the end of the credits and hear a little bit of the new series on the Sermon on the Mount. Thank you all for being so much of the wind in our sails, and we're just excited to do this with y'all. Thank you uh, for being part of this with us. Today's show came from our podcast team, including producer Cooper Pelt, associate producer Lindsay Ponder. Additional editors are Tyler Bailey and Frank Garza. Tyler Bailey mixed this episode and Hannah Wu did our annotations for the Bible Project app. Bible Project is a crowdfunded nonprofit. Everything we make is free because of your generous support. Thank you for being a part of this with us. Thanks for listening and we'll see you guys next year. Hi, this is Daniel, and I'm from Madison, Mississippi. Hi, this is Jenny, and I'm from Rancho Cordova, California. I first heard about Bible Project from a friend. I use Bible Project for personal growth and for discipling and mentoring people that I work with. I first heard about the Bible Project on YouTube. I use the Bible Project to help introduce concepts when I am struggling with one from the Bible or even when I'm introducing them in a study group. My favorite thing about Bible Project is that it helps make the Bible understandable. My favorite thing about the Bible Project is its interactive features. And it shows the theme of of pointing towards Jesus. We believe the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. We're a crowdfunded project by people like me. Find free videos, study notes, podcasts, classes, and more at BibleProject.com. Okay, so we're talking about Sermon on the Mount, but we need to start with some basics. What exactly is the Sermon on the Mount? I mean, here's how I'm picturing it. Jesus went up on a mountain one day, (laughs) and he kind of gave his greatest hits (laughs) to the people who were listening to him. And Matthew was like, oh, that's good. I'm going to put that in my gospel. Yeah. That's what the Sermon on the Mount is. (laughs) (laughs) That 
is one way of imagining what the sermon is and how it came into existence. But there's a little more context to it, both in terms of how the sermon fits into Matthew's presentation of Jesus, and then also how the sermon works together as a whole, and then how it fits into the cultural context and historical and political context of Roman-occupied first-century, you know, Israel-Palestine. And that really matters, actually, for a lot of these sayings. Not that they can't speak to us, but that if we honor that context, I think they can speak to us more powerfully. Okay, so help set the picture for me. We're in first-century Israel-Palestine. Yeah. This is a people group who have lived on this piece of land for centuries and centuries, going back a thousand years to the time of Moses and Joshua. But in Jesus' day, it's occupied territory because the Roman Empire, like, owns, you know, that whole section <laughs> around them. They took it over. So just imagine you're Jesus and his people. You are living on your own ancestral lands, but you are now reduced to day labor or just kind of scratching out a lower class living in the land of your ancestors with Roman occupiers everywhere. And you're reminded by the presence because there's tax booths taxing the fish you haul up out of the sea. For Rome. For Rome. All of the, you know, the wheat that is grown in your fields and so on. You have lots of poor and sick people who are just falling through the cracks by the droves. So this is the scene into which Jesus says things like, if someone forces you to go one mile, he's talking about a Roman soldier. And now Roman soldiers could commission anybody to carry their luggage. So when he talks about people suing and taking your cloak, he's talking about actual exploitation of day laborers on these you know, Jewish farms that are now owned by Romans. <laughs> you know, like this is all... Jesus is drawing on actual political, social, economic realities of people's day. When he says, love your enemies, they have some enemies. Yeah. There was the, a freedom fighter movement, Jewish movement to liberate Israel through violent revolt. The zealots. The zealots, yeah. They're known as the zealots, but also by the, uh, as the sikari, which means dagger, the dagger men who lived in the hills. There were lots of people who believed that Israel would be liberated by God if they just were more observant of the laws in the Torah. So these are kind of like your biblicists of the first <laughs> century, right? Your Bible and God people, and so known as the Pharisees and the scribes. And actually Jesus shares a lot in common with that crew, a lot of values in common, but he also differs. Hmm. So a lot of what he says in the sermon about You've heard it said, he quotes from the laws of his scripture, and I say to you, he's in dialogue hmm. with those figures 